Welcome back for another episode of Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Find us on Facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter.com slash Podcast, Patreon.com slash Podcast, Instagram at Go, iTunes at Podcast Go. Thanks and enjoy the show. back to another episode of Super Fun Game Review Podcast. Go! Tonight we have a very special episode. This is brought to you by one of your Patreon donors. Thank you, John Evelyn. This episode is dedicated oh, to thanks, you. man. Not a problem. Thanks. So let's do some quick introductions. To my left, we have Steve, the Steve Smith. You died. And across from me is Mr. Ralph DeStefano. <laughs> Got it. Zero insight. <laughs> Zero insight. <laughs> to my right, I have Matt Clark. Fear the old blood. To my left, have our special guest, John Eveland. Yo, what's up? And your host this evening, Harry Bowles. <laughs> Get good. So why don't we just jump right into our initial impressions? Open floor. All right. I bought Bloodborne right when it came out originally. And I struggled with it a lot, and I kind of fell off of it just because of the difficulty of the game and the fact that I just had other games that I wanted to play. I'm really glad I got to return to it and really had a driving force to complete it. And let me tell you, as Steve, John, and Harry saw, I beat this moments before we started recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Let's be clear. It's like 30 minutes before because Harry had to fuck with the cables. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you know what I mean. Breaking down that fourth wall, John. I, I, we came, I came in the room. Recording. I came in the room and the credits were rolling. Yeah. On yeah. my literally last ditch effort. That That's literally was because you said this is this is my last try. Yeah. This is all I got for it. That's got to be satisfying. It was so fucking satisfying. I came a little bit. He did. I gotta say, I was a little hesitant to get into this game. I heard brutal things about it, and the first night I actually started playing, John was watching me play through SharePlay, and despite him giving me all these little tips and tricks, I was still seeing this as, like, an unbeatable game. Like, I saw myself stacked up against, like, amazing odds, and I I really honestly didn't think I was going to be able to get even halfway through this game. I thought I was going to try to struggle through as much as I could, try to pull as much information together for the podcast that I could. But over the couple of weeks that I did play this game, I got a little bit better here. I got a little bit better there. I looked up a strategy, how to do this. I started uh, exploring a lot more, and I really got into this game, like the crazy depths of this game. I tried to experience as much as I could in the short window of time that I had. I think I poured about 60-some hours into this game in a period of like four weeks. Damn. Yeah. I, I, I really wanted to see as much, because I got balls deep into this game. I, I really got into it. Harry uh, got balls. Balls. Deep, deep, deep. He's talking about balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> so I only heard of this game beforehand because I know John was very avid about it. And I think I actually watched you play some of it through SharePlay like months and months ago. So I was interested, but along to ride Harry's coattails, I've heard nothing but brutal things about it, and I met 
the furious anger that was just starting the game. I'm like, oh, fuck. Only to realize, all right, you got to play this a lot differently because I've never played any of the Dark Souls. Yeah, it was uh, interesting, but we'll get into the rest of that. Did you run into much furious anger? And great vengeance. (laughs) Yes, very much of it so. I don't mean to sound like a broken record here, but this is my first Souls game or my first From Software game. I'd always heard they were brutal, and I stayed away. And having dipped my toes, I think I spent the first... Because I I didn't have... uh, I didn't have anybody guiding me in the beginning of the game. I did toward the end. Harry, Harry came in and helped a lot, pushed, helped me get to to the end. Um, everything you were saying, Harry, about um, the steep learning curve or being an impossible task. Thank you. Rocking out with your cock out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. Was the point I was driving home. I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah. <laughs> Balls. I mean, that's really what you have to do. You have to rock out with your cock yeah. out. One hand in the controller, one hand with your cock. Everything you said about the, the Three learning curve. Three stick. I, pr- <laughs> I pressed buttons with mine. It's how I did the heavy attack. It's impressive. It's how I did the gestures. You guys all saw it. <laughs> you guys all saw it. It did. Just for one dollar. Ralph's on waving hello. <laughs> Just for one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> hello, companion. That's <laughs> how I parried. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I felt overwhelmed. I call it my blunderbuss. <laughs> Spreadshot. <laughs> Harry, everything you said about the steep learning curve, I felt about 4 o'clock this afternoon. I I was ready to throw in the towel. I wasn't rage quitting, but I was ready to throw in the towel and be like, look, you beat me. The struggle is real. I anticipated the struggle, and I underestimated the struggle, personally, I feel. I, I did know of, of Bloodborne when it came out, and um, I can't remember who told me now, but like the Souls games, I understand it, you're more like tankish, and in this, you're more like a glass cannon. So I came from Souls. I was born of the Souls. So in Dark Souls, it's a lot more of a defensive play style. There's really two ways to play Dark Souls. You can play it the fun way or the tank way. The tank way is you've got a big shield that absorbs physical damage. You take your shots when you can get an opening, and you just you know put your head down and you just kind of grind through it. And it's I think why a lot of people don't like the souls games because it is very tankish because you're trying to prevent yourself from dying the other way to play a souls game is to be super aggressive play you know two-handed weapons and play two individual weapons and play it super wide open and if you take damage it's fine you just live with it um and one of the things that i think is really interesting is i played dark souls one and two as a tank and dark souls three i play balls to the wall because when you play Bloodborne and it forces you to play a more aggressive play style, it's totally, it makes you realize that you need to play that way in Dark Souls, and it completely changes the way that you play Dark Souls. So you could say that Bloodborne is like a religious experience for from software games. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but it does change the way that you play Dark Souls. So like if you played Dark Souls before... When you go play Dark Souls, if you ever pick up another one of the From Software games, you'll play it in a more aggressive style than most people when they pick up just Dark Souls because of you having played Bloodborne. Because it changes the way you play Bloodborne. So it's a really interesting evolution. My understanding, and also having played Demon Souls and Dark Souls 3, is Bloodborne is the speed game 
Yes. It's it's like you you play with speed and tact as opposed to like being able to turtle up in something like Dark Souls and Demon Souls where you have the shield to rely on. And just a real quick tidbit, there is a shield in Bloodborne, but it's a joke. It's pathetic. It's it's literally it saves you one hit. You take like half damage the one hit, but then it staggers you and you you can get visceraled right off of the bat. So it, it's it's a different style of game. The game forces you to be aggressive, which makes sense when you get into the lore of why your character would be more aggressive and less defensive. Well, let's uh, wrap up our uh, initial impressions. Let's jump into game development. Game development. This is from From Software. I like that. Um, <laughs> from From. They're, you know, they're made famous by the Souls games, starting with Demon Souls, which was a PS3 exclusive, and then they had Dark Souls 1 and 2, which were on both PS3 and Xbox, Correct, I believe. This was actually a return to being exclusive. This is only available for, for uh, PS4 owners. They have not made any mention of this ever being on xbox at all and to this day it's still not out for xbox users no i did read like simultaneous uh what was it miyazaki yeah miyazaki was the uh director of this game he wanted to make a new ip and that kind of worked with sony because they wanted a new ip for their system that was exclusive at the same time so they they, their ideas kind of synced at like the perfect time and i believe what i was reading is when they started this project that was called Project Beast. I guess it didn't get the Bloodborne title until further along in the development of this game. Right, and actually, I remember the lead-up to Bloodborne. They were showing Project Beast several times as this PS4 exclusive, and it wasn't until really late in the trailers that people started to piece together, like, hey, this... This is a from software game. Like this is actually they would show Project Beast as just this, hey, this is a PlayStation 4 exclusive project that we're working on. And they didn't reveal that it was from that was making it or anything like that. So what was interesting was when they started with the Project Beast thing, they kind of like kept back that it was from software that was making it and actually most of the gaming fans started to realize hey this seems like it's a souls game and then you know playstation started to actually play into that into this big reveal of hey it's actually our exclusive souls and i'm quoting air quoting game because this isn't actually like a dark souls numbered game or anything like that it's like a spiritual cousin to the souls games where it has that level of difficulty but it doesn't have that souls title and it doesn't have the same gameplay essence of souls yes essentially yeah it's the same idea like go fight really incredibly hard bosses when did this game come out anyway this came out this is the launch title wasn't 15 15 ps4 launched in 13 i it It didn't it didn't launch with the console it was within the first i believe eight months i think they started development in 2012 when, it was released when in it, March what, of 15. March of 15. So, yeah, From Software is really known for making extremely difficult games that, you know, are not built on their accessibility. 
it's not an easy thing to get into. They don't tell you a lot, especially in the first Dark Souls. They don't tell you a lot about how mechanics work. They don't tell you how the gameplay works. If you want to learn it, you just start playing it. Breaking um, a lot of conventions. Yeah, it does not hold your hand, and it does not tell you what to do, and you just kind of either have to read the guide, which is fine. They actually give you one when you buy the physical copy. There is a control scheme, and it tells you here's like, you know, here's a whole thing you can read up on how things work. But who reads that, right? <laughs> not too many people these Everybody days. Everybody expects a tutorial. So it's really interesting because they're – philosophy and how they make games and how they develop games is totally different than how we see games being made today where it's you know press a to shoot you know it's just totally different for example not to get into dark souls too much in dark souls they came with pick a gift at the beginning and it can either be like a key or some fire bombs or whatever you want one of them is a locket and it has no purpose in the game but Miyazaki, for years, totally held this rumor up of, oh, yeah, there's the locket's in there for a reason. It's there, It does something. It doesn't do anything. Guy sounds like quite a character. Yeah, he, he, put, he put this thing in as a joke just so people would pick it so that he could basically troll all these people that play his game. He's the Ralph of it's, video games. Yeah, it's... The ultimate troll. Well, I wasn't going to go that far. Ralph's a nice guy. That's a compliment. Ralph's a troll. <laughs> yeah, Ralph is a troll. He's well, the best. No, to compare me to Miyazaki, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're so, welcome. I mean, he does things that are purposefully sometimes dickish, and I kind of like that, you know, because difficulty in games, I think, has really gone down in the last few years. Like, there are games that are just super easy. Like, if you can't beat them, it's holding your hand. And this game's not for everyone. I appreciate that. So two things to note, I think it's uh, worthy of speaking about. The setting of the game, inspiration from the Victorian Gothic era. A lot of H.P. Lovecraft. Yes, I was going to say something yep. like, like that. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Eldrick Horror. Architecture of Romania and the Czech Republic. Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, Bram Stoker. Uh, I think it's very apparent. Oh, yeah. Setting yeah. In this yeah. Game too. And I, I, like, we'll get into it more in graphics, but I love the setting of this game. Yeah, too. it's not a fair comparison, but let me just throw this this out right now. I was still on like the first third of the game and just felt like there's no there's no vampires, like there's no Dracula, like traditional vampire, I guess you could say. But I felt like the game was almost Castlevania 3D done right, which I started with the threaded cane as my weapon. God help you! Did yeah. you really? I started with the threaded cane. I'm sorry. It's okay. I picked up the um. I picked up the. What like the serrated um the saw spear and I had that for a while and then I had the um I I basically used the rifle spear for the rest of the game but with the threaded cane you know the the sort of the secondary attack for it with it being practically a whip I really started to get this Castlevania feel for it and and enjoyed that and I yeah the setting the setting is amazing all right so let's <laughs> jump into story guys I think this is something we're gonna have to dissect as a group because I think the story is very elusive in this game. Story. We're going to have to piece this story together because I think the general consensus of this group is it is very elusive in this game. It's not a cohesive like, okay, here's part A, here's part B, here's part C, here's the end of the game. No, it's it's very cryptic, if anything, it, it, so, in this game. So this is another place where Souls really shows its influence here. 
and Miyazaki, when you look at his game design, it's pretty consistent. Not everybody interprets the stories in Dark Souls and in Demon Souls and in Bloodborne the same way. It's open to interpretation. And they leave it that way purposefully because it's not supposed to be a story. They lay out the framework. You can anticipate or you could interpret who's good and who's bad and who's wrong and who's right in that story. Um, I think Bloodborne's a lot clearer cut in who's good and who's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's if you look at a game like Dark Souls, some of the characters are very ambiguous, and there's not a lot of clarity on who's right and who's wrong or what the story even means or who's in charge here because it's up to you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes place in this too because like, when you start really diving into the lore of the characters and stuff and you start to see like Jura comes to mind where you start to see like oh okay so maybe we're actually perpetuating this like terrible thing that's happening who's Jura Jura is the is the guy that mans the Gatling gun in old Yarnum just to clarify in old Yarnum Yarnum, the guy at the top of the tower and and he can be he can actually you can get him to be non-hostile towards you. Yeah, that's you. what I did in my uh, gameplay. I actually killed him. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you got him to be non-hostile and then killed him. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get him to be non-hostile. But you can. Yeah, yeah, you can. I was just like I was trying to use that area as a leveling area, and him trying to shoot at me the entire time did not work out for me. I can see so, that. So I ended up actually going to the tower that he was in and trying to fight him. And he, he's incredibly tough. He's, like, one of the harder fucking hunters to even kill in the game. And you... So I kind of cheesed him a little bit. If you get up to the top and you dash through his initial shot at you and do a heavy attack at him, he'll back up to try to get away from your, your attack. So he backed up off the off the ledge and <laughs> fell to his death. There's a lot of characters in this, and you can miss characters completely. Never talk to them. And it's not wrong. It's okay. Eileen the Crow. How many How many people talk to Eileen? Was she the one that was hunting she, Vicar? She's hunting hunters. Yeah, she hunts yeah, a oh, yeah. few people. She hunts a she's few She's the one people. with the bird beak? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I, okay. Crow. I talked to her twice. I never actually assisted her, so in my game, she probably died. She dies, yep. Yeah. I, killed her you killed her she's in the room after okay after you kill vicar amelia she's like waiting in that room for you yes if you do certain things well she sees you as a hunter that's gone mad and she attacks you now if you assist her you can actually she gives you some stuff in gascoin's area his partner gascoin's partner henrik has gone crazy and you help her and so is Gascoigne, really. But Gascoigne's dead at that point. So then, at that point, you go there, and Eileen is fighting, you know, Henrik in his yellow garb. And you help her fight Henrik. And if you kill Henrik, she talks to you, and she's like, I didn't want even want your help. She hel- You help her a couple more times, and eventually she, like, is dying because she's injured. And she gives you her badge. That's where I was at. I went in to try to fight the Crow of Cain... Uh, oh, Kanehurst. Kanehurst. The, the Crow of Kanehurst. Yep. Uh, I did a couple times. I tried to whoop him, and ultimately I just let it go. He's the hardest hunter in the game. I forget which one this was exactly. Well, you probably didn't get him because you have to do Eileen's quest line up to that point. 
in order to do it. So there's missable things, and that's okay. You will miss stuff in Bloodborne. It's almost impossible to do everything in your first playthrough if you're not using a guide. Yeah, I know about um, the king. Uh, you can defeat the king and then wear his crown and speak Martyr. to the queen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do that in my in my playthrough. I didn't go anywhere near Kanehurst in my entire. Kanehurst is awesome. I've I've heard it was really cool. When I was doing some research after I had played a majority of the game, there's this guy on YouTube that I need to I like. I have loved his videos for Dark Souls and everything like that. The guy's name is Vadi Vidya on YouTube. He does incredible lore videos, and he does this series called Prepare to Cry, and he talks about the lore behind the characters. It's incredible. He goes through items. He goes through encounters. He's, like, connecting dots that nobody else is. No kidding. On, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it, and that's- the, the guy is really on point. And... The dude has a great voice. Yeah, he does. He he has an incredible voice. So in discussion. I could listen to his dulcet tones all day. Yeah, he's <laughs> like he has like dulcet British yeah. accent. It's great. So for me, that's an important thing to bring up, and I'm glad you brought it up. The item descriptions are super important in this. And you'll never catch stuff if you don't read them. The who got the tiny music box? I did. I did. Did you use it against Gascoin? I did. I, I used it as w- well. when we co-opt. That's what if I used it once he went to beast form and he was like freaking out and like yeah. doing whatever yeah. and you went in for a If you do read the item description it says on the inside it has the inscription. My, yeah, to my love from Gascoin. Right. Right. And it basically tells you, "Oh, this will be useful." You know, and then you fight Gascoin for the first time, he probably kills you. And then you're like, "Oh, maybe this will be in use because you can play this music box and you remember talking to the little girl who said this always calms my dad down it doesn't connect the dots it doesn't say you know any of that stuff but you can understand like a blood starved beast is another really good example of this pungent blood cocktails they don't really have much use in the game except against werewolves because they make werewolves go to the pungent blood but if you read them it says you know this blood is like attractive to anything that is hungers for blood. So if you throw one on the ground in Blood Starved Beast in that boss fight, he goes, he beelines it towards that, or to wherever it was thrown, and it gives you an opportunity to go up and get some free hits in. So there's a lot of stuff in the game that it doesn't tell you how to do it, and you don't need to do it, but it makes it more interesting if you do. And a lot of the stuff that Vadi gets is off of those item descriptions. And a lot of the stuff that a lot of the people read into the lore is because of the item description. Yeah, it's right. not just going to hand it to you, but it kind of gives you clues, almost. Yeah, makes you think. So, as a general basis to the game, let's just try to dissect maybe like the overall theme of this game. Is it in a dream world, first of all? It, it feels like it is. So, maybe. So, maybe. <laughs> my interpretation of what is happening is like, and this is kind of based off of a lot of what I've like read also, you know, it seems like the hunter's dream is where your consciousness as a hunter remains. And then when you go out into the actual world, which is the hunt, you're killing things. And when you die, your consciousness consciousness is then brought back to the hunter's dream so that you can wander out again to just continuously kill beasts. 
But that all plays into like the whole end of the game, which I don't necessarily think we should start no, no, delving into right away. Kind of sounds like Scientology when you put it that way, though. Yeah. It is the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> the whole game is Scientology. I'm glad you figured. Garahim is L. Ron Hubbard. I could have sworn I saw Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, if you take it at its face value, you go to Yarnum. Your character goes to Yarnum to receive blood ministration, which is. There's blood that heals sickness and makes, you know, cures diseases and all this other stuff. Miraculously made by the healing church. And you go to Yarnum to get blood ministration. And then after you get the blood ministration, you realize that you're there on the night of the hunt. And the hunt is this, you know, where they purge the beasts and the evil in their land. Now this hunt goes horribly awry based on how the other hunts have gone they usually end after a certain point this hunt just seems to keep on going and they can't figure out why but the basic idea is that in order to escape transcend the hunt and that's the first note you find in the game right is you know receive the pale blood to transcend transcend the hunt Mm -hmm. right in order to get out of the hunt you have to figure out why the hunt keeps going right so that's kind of the framework of the very beginning of the story now when you get into the characters and why they're doing what they're doing it gets a little crazier but we'll get into that in a little bit but that's kind of the the setup okay fair enough not to keep jumping around but character wise there was a knight that i encountered several times in the game i was a huge fan of him like i thought he was a cool character you know which one i'm talking about yep no what knight you, me, me doing the church. He's like a whole, like he's a holy knight. He's he, like yeah. a holy knight. He's, he's completely the, proper. What's his name? I I encountered him like I want to say like three times. He even assisted me on a fight with a boss. Same here, uh, the Which, blood starved beast. Yep, blood star- Yeah. Mm. Or I I used him there. I don't know if you didn't. Yeah, I did. I thought it was a later boss I used him at. Here's the thing with Alfred. Let's talk about Alfred. Okay. Well, well, my what I saw. So maybe I didn't see his full storyline. He seemed like the most pure character that I encountered in the game. And maybe he tails off in a different direction <laughs> later. <laughs> but yes, he does. What I saw, he seemed the most pure character I so, encountered. Do you want to do the whole thing with Gainers? I'll run through it. Yeah. It. Yeah. So yeah. Alfred yeah. is a hunter of vile bloods. The vile bloods are the guys who inhabit Canehurst, where you went. Right? Yes, the 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 big castle, and you, which which by by the way was one of my favorite areas of the game. I love Canehurst. It looked absolutely That's beautiful. Castlevania. Did you like? Yeah. Did you whoop the boss there? Yeah. No. Nice. I beat all. Was it twenty one bosses in the game? Did you put on his crown? I did not put on his crown. So so remember when you got the invitation? To yes. go to Canehurst? Yes. Okay. You, get, you hop so in a stagecoach, and you it can, literally takes you yeah. there. There's no other physical way to get yep. to Canehurst. Yep. So when you get to Canehurst, what actually happens is you can then give your Canehurst summons, you can give one to Alfred and tell him, hey, this is where the Vilebloods are at. They're in Canehurst, right? Logarius is actually a hunter of Vilebloods as well. He's not from Canehurst. He's actually protecting everybody else from the vile bloods by protecting the queen's throne room and basically concealing her existence. If you kill Martyr Logarius and then put on the king's crown, it actually opens up a door at the back of behind the, the chair. boss room. Right? Yes, behind the chair. And then 
when Wait, you this go... was on the roof where I fought him though. Is yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you go back through there, and then there's basically the queen, and you can actually join the vile bloods at that point, right? But if you tell, can you join multiple factions in this? Yeah. Yeah. So you get runes, and then you can equip the rune to the faction that you want to be a part of. Gotcha. So, okay. So what you can do is you can send Alfred there. And Alfred's whole reason for being is he's a follower of Ligarius. He gets there. He finds the queen. And he just beats her into a silly red paste. Like, destroys her. Now, here's the thing. You can't kill the queen. If you kill the queen, every time you come back, she'll be alive again. But Ligarius will, or I'm sorry, Alfred will basically sit there and pound her into dust. Right, as long as he can. But he goes nuts. Because he can't actually kill the evil that he wants to. So he, you can say that he's pure, but the reason for doing what he's doing is because he's basically a zealot. He, he does a heel turn. He basically becomes like the Joker, almost. Sorry or that kind of that madness, like laughing, laughing madness. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sad, actually, at the end. Is that how his storyline That's how ends? it ends, yeah. So what do I have to do t- to achieve that? Like, so you, what, what did I miss? Room? Is it just putting on the crown? Is that what I miss? You have to put on the crown. Oh, talk, and you have to give him the invitation. Talk to the and, queen and give him the invitation to go to Canehurst. Where do you give him the invitation at? Where? Where he's standing, he's, like above Old Yarnum. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. He's still there. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that's that's we how Alfred's story ends. So, so what indicators in the story would say, "Hey, I need to give him this." Like, like, how would you put two and two together there? That's that's the thing. You, you really have to have an understanding of what is going on in the lore yeah. to, to right. piece these things together. I know there's more story about it, but, like, I joined the League, there's like and the civil- I don't know anything about the league i didn't join the league it's the only it's the only rune in that slot that i ever ended up getting because i didn't kill uh willem either i let willem live i didn't kill willem he's provost the, he's willem the, he's the one in the in the chair that's just pointing at the yes moon, right? mm-hmm. yeah i never in, got the eye rune or bergen, anything like the, or bergenworth no. bergenworth sorry Trying to remember. Before, you before, you Rom, right before you kill Rom, right before you kill, you know, before you like jump in, there's the dude on the chair and he sitting point, in the he wheelchair. Oh, to the edge. I killed him. <laughs> I didn't. You can get a rune from him. I okay. So I talked to him. He yeah. just mumbled. He was yeah. like, ah, ah, and then I killed him. And each time you get insight. When you talk to him, you get insight. When you kill him, you get insight. Yeah, that's true. I I never, I talked to him and then went and killed Rom. I didn't kill him. He drops a rune, the eye rune. But I never like got that. Yeah. Literally the only rune that I got in my playthrough in that fourth slot for like the runes that you can equip to yourself was the league rune. That's it. Got it. Yeah, and the league rune is the league covenant is kind of the co-op covenant. Um the hunters hunter of hunters is Eileen's covenant. And uh, right. she basically, you go into worlds of people that have invaded other worlds and killed people. So you're fighting, and then the blo- the the people who I think there's two covenants that actually do that. So there's those, and then the vile bloods are the ones that invade, and then there's the protectors or the healing church who goes in and and try. That's the one Alfred's a part of. So the way that you would figure out, just to get back to kind of the beginning. 
of what we were saying there. The way that you would get to figure out where Alfred should go is you find Alfred, you talk to him, you find Alfred again in old Yarnum. He's kind of stuck there, right? He doesn't know where to go anymore. Um, he's like, well, I guess kill beasts, I guess, right? Doesn't he say he wants to um, give somebody a good death? Yeah. Uh, to to s- martyrdom? Yeah, of... he wants to be martyred, basically. Oh. Yeah, that's all, like his whole purpose. So that's why he goes nuts when he doesn't get to be martyred. For some reason, I didn't think it was himself. It's, it's him. I thought it was yeah. somebody else. No. So what he does is when you read, you know, oh, I'm searching for the vile bloods, and then you talk to the queen and you find out that she's the head of the vile bloods, that's when you would send him to her. Okay. Right? So that's kind of how you It's not it. very obvious at all. No. I will say that. No, 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 no. And none of those character storylines really are. If you want to go back to Dark Souls, it can get crazy how hard it is to finish some of those character storylines. You used cryptic earlier in the episode. I think this is a textbook definition. Yeah. I would say yeah, so. Absolutely. Definitely. It is. Yeah. But if you want to talk the main storyline, which I think is what we should focus on. Because yeah. the character storylines right. are kind of difficult and not everybody meets the same characters you can miss eileen completely there's really three so basically the the yarnamites found these ruins right the ruins that were made by the puthumarians Thumarians. it's thumarians um, it's, just, it's just like a silent p good old silent p like pterodactyl <laughs> pterodactyl the, th- the thumarians <laughs> basically contacted the old ones right they found a way to contact these old gods. Because of that, they were able to figure out... Sorry, before you get it any yeah. further. Are the old gods the Cthulhu-looking motherfuckers? Yes. The ancient ones. Yes, the ancient, the ancient ones. ones. The old gods, they figured out a way to contact them. And the Yarnamites want that power for themselves, right? So they figure out how to achieve that power. And there's really three characters that allow themselves to find that right so you have the healing church right which is led by lawrence Will- lawrence and willem no willem is bergenworth the scholars the bergenworth scholars are yeah, yeah are kind of a subsect of that but no no, no. It, oh, yeah, it starts right, right. it starts with bergen so bergenworth, bergenworth is where they all are and then they yeah and then they split lawrence leaves like there's that that cutscene of Lawrence leaving Willem, where he's like, "I have to leave," and then they they, they recite together, "Fear the old blood." Like right. that's the last time that Lawrence is together. Lawrence goes off and and starts the healing church, and then right. the healing church actually dissects into the choir and the hunters, right? Or like the, the hunters are a subsect of the healing church, and then the choir yeah. is, the, is the other subset. And then there's the the school of Mensis. Okay. School of Mensis. Okay, so yeah. this, so it's mainly like church and school. Church, school, and Bergenworth. well, it, it's it's Bergenworth, and then it, it's weird. So it's like it's Bergenworth, and then the healing church, and then it's German with the, the workshop hunters, and then there's yeah. Mensis and the scholars. And that was led by Mikolash? Mikolash. Yeah, Mikolash. Yeah. Okay. Because that, uh, that's another character I want to talk about at some point. He's super important. What's the other sect of the church? Choir. The, Who leads the choir? I forget. Still. No, Lawrence. It's, it's Lawrence. Lawrence. It's Lawrence. Yeah. La- yeah, Lawrence, who is also the head of the church, is the one that like kind of leads the choir as yeah, well. And it's, and it's the old ones that they actually contact is right. kind of how they tie. 
And this is getting crazy, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, it's all right. So it's all right. It's I very interesting. The game, and I, I still, so yeah. there's there's a very like so, like we said before, yeah. there's a very deep lore here, and not all of this is like yeah, surface level, or you can all complete the game, and we all had different experiences. Right. Look, Again, Link, like I said, like, Link is good, and Ganon's evil. That's why Princess right. P- Zelda is yeah, it was a princess right. Peach. And if that's all that princess you can Peach understand, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you no, it's site, it's um, you're right. A lot of this has to deal with going through, and again, like I said, I looked Probably into more. the lore because I was so interested in it, and I know how the Souls games work right. with right. the depth of lore, so I, I thought that I had to like look into it as well to be able to... I don't know, so I'm going to say for the sake of listening to the podcast, we need to we need we can't go any deeper than where we're at there's there's a lot it, it, no no i agree we're we're about to get into like the whole elder gods thing like that needs right. to be something else that people that are listening to guys go out there and discover this stuff discover for yourselves yourself. like there's like i said vadi vidya yeah. he does like a 30 minute explanation of like how deep the lore really goes with this there are ancient gods and there are things like that We'd like to keep to more of the surface of where you're playing and and less of where we're at with how deep you can go. Because there's like some really interesting theological themes in this and like some very oddly like, oh, does the church, the church uses all this power to really take over the city of Yarnum. They take over the city and become the superpower. At a high level, you've got three groups right that are really important here and it gets into why the ending when you get the true ending why it makes sense so you've got mikolash who leads the school of mensis you've got lawrence who leads the choir mikolash was a bitch by the way lawrence who leads the choir and willem who leads bergenworth and then garman who leads the hunters those are really the four big parties that you really have to think about when you think about this game they all, with the exception of, I think, Lawrence, because he's already dead at the beginning of the game. So those are the four big players that you really need to think about when you think about Bloodborne's story. Each one of those characters, with the, exceptions of, uh, with the exception of Lawrence, because he's dead, have a piece of the umbilical cord. One-third of the umbilical cord, which is probably the most important item in the game because it, each one of them used the one-third of the umbilical cord to make contact with an old one and then create a reality out of it, basically, and create and use that power. Lawrence wanted to commune with the old ones. That's why at the top of the choir, right, when you go all the way through upper cathedral ward and you get up through the college or the choir room and all that kind of stuff, you fight Abritus, who is the old one that he contacted. It's why Willem has Rom right near him because yep. he contacted Rom. But the reason that he contacted Rom was he was trying to stop Mikolash, who basically tore a hole in reality. Yeah, he made the nightmare. Yeah. And he basically created the nightmare and the blood moon because of it. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about because I remember the helmet that he wears on his head was like his the way. The cage. It was the way of like him like inserting himself in this alternate reality almost like he started to touch on that and I, I got a little bit of tidbit i don't know the whole background so 
So all the students of Mikolash also wore the fucking helmet and they were like this unseen sect of the church because they were the ones conducting all of the experiments to try to contact the old ones. So that's why when you go into like a Yagol, the unseen village, you see all the students that are just like dead around wearing the fucking. Yeah. The men's cages. cages. Okay, Okay. Yeah. That all the students would wear these because they were connected into the nightmare, and that's exactly. that was their passage to it. But Mikolash uses it to contact, you know, Mergo, and he basically rips the College of Mensis out of reality and puts it into the nightmare realm, which is an old one's realm, basically. So that's why you have to get teleported there. That's why you can't just walk there. And then the fourth one is Garman. And Garman actually has a piece of the umbilical cord. In I don't old, old workshop. Old abandoned workshop. I found this when you go close to the upper cathedral it's ward. A bitch. There's this big like it's almost like a well yes. where you can go from placard to placard jumping all the way down. But yeah. there's a ledge midway down where you can go through a door and it takes you to an exact replica of the workshop. Except yeah. it's like an old it's like a copy and paste, but this one's dilapidated, run down. There's nobody there anymore. It's just there's an old broken down version of the doll. There's a bunch of other little items. You can actually find some uh, an item that you can give to the doll, give and to the she doll. sheds a single tear. Oh, it's like a brooch or something for her hair, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, I did that. Yep. I got that. Garman used the third of the umbilical cord to contact the Moon Presence, who's the true final boss of the game, and basically create like a pocket world where the hunt never ends. Or where he can just live in his, like, perfect hunter's dream. That's why it's the hunter's dream. So there's, like, two schools of thought on what the hunter's dream is, which is interesting because it seems like the moon presence itself was trying to manipulate Garman into having Garman train all of these hunters to go kill other old ones to try to make the moon presence, the only ancient one, because the only time that there's anything changed in the hunter's dream is after you kill the only old one. That's a mandatory boss, which is Murgo's wet nurse. Yeah. And you never actually kill Murgo. Right. Murgo's you only a, kill yeah, the wet nurse, you just kill the wet nurse, but the wet nurse is, an, an old one. is an old yes. one. Isn't Rom as well? Rom is as well. And that Rom is a halfway. It's not considered a full. So, like, when you kill Rom, it still says prey. When you kill Murgo, it says nightmare slain. Nightmare slain slain means that it's it's an actual ancient one. A fully ascended ancient one. Rom is a halfway point. Rom is keeping a secret for Willem. Lost him. You're losing me. The the, (laughs) the story here is nuts. It's crazy. Let's let's kind of let's let's. Let's talk about the ending. I, I would like to get. I, to I think the we're ending. at that point. I think we're yeah, at the I, yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. There was one thing. I, yeah. I'd like to know who the the lady was praying to. Um. So the final the final boss when you go in and fight the um the wet nurse. Margos wet nurse. Correct. Oh yes, the, actually, a, I wanted to know about this a, too. There's the like Yarnum. a ghostly figure. That's 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 the queen. That's the queen Yarnum. It's Yarnum, queen of something. Is there any quest with her? Yes. Because yes, I accidentally killed her the first time I encountered well, her. Oh, you didn't. She has something going on like the hunter's dream, though. She is tied to a place that she can go out in the world and die multiple times, yeah. and she's tied back to the same way our hunter is tied to the hunter's dream. She's tied to the same spot. She is the final boss of the final non-randomly generated chalice dungeon. 
She is incredibly difficult. And she's Murgo's mom, isn't she? Yes. That's why yeah. she's bleeding. Yeah, that's why she has like the blood. The blood and stain. she's praying toward the baby that's crying. The old ones, above anything else, are trying to reproduce. They can't reproduce on their own. Yeah, that's, that's why, why they have some, surrogates. Or, that's or, uh, that's uh, why there's like the umbilical cords. Yeah. That's why all that's why the all symbolism kind of around. It's kind of weird, but that's at, at the highest of highest levels. Which ending did you guys get? I sacrificed myself to Garahim. Garman. Garman. Damn, Garman. It's okay. I was saying Pythamarian. It took my head. So just to play it out, because I only saw the one ending. Like, can you guys just give me a, a, a quick rundown of how these endings go? So there's three different endings, correct? Yeah. There are yeah. three endings. There's like a bad, a medium, and a, a good ending. Bad, a good, and a true. Okay, that's yeah. fair. I really honestly think it's bad, bad, and weird. It's bad, bad, and weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I don't think there's a good ending. Bad, bad, and beyond. So there's no dog ending for this one? No. 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 <laughs> After you f- defeat the the wet nurse, you can warp back to the hunter's dream. So right. every everyone goes back, and you yeah you talk to Garman, right? And w- then and then based on your decision there and stuff that you've done in the game, that's kind of where it leads off, right? So for me, the time crunch basically got me, and rather than try to fight Garman, I just uh, I submitted to his will, basically to take my life. At which point you get a cutscene, you kneel down away from him, he pulls out his huge scythe, and uh, in a dramatic fashion just takes your head. And then you wake up. So the, what he's offering you is a release from the dream. So he basically says, I'll let you out. And then he just kills you and you wake up and you're outside of the dream. So what was real, what was fake, who knows. That's the bad ending. That was some good opium. Yeah, basically. I'm going to go there next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the ending that I got was I defeated Garman, but I did not consume three of the umbilical cords. So I was absorbed by the moon presence after you defeat Garman and then woke up in Garman's place and was being wheeled out by the doll. And she was like, oh, the hunt begins anew. So it's like your dream at that point then. Yes, then you're the caretaker of the hunter's dream. You will. You're the host. the The whole thing, like it plays into the whole, like the moon presence is using Garman as the host for the stream to go kill other ancient ones, right. because it's hostile towards the other ancient ones. The one thing that I did notice between the lore of all of the things is like none of the ancient ones actually seem to get along. It's not like oh, it's team ancient one versus team human. Ver-. No, it's all of the ancient ones against each other and fuck the humans. Well, they, they don't even see the humans as uh, equals as at equals. all. They're just tools. So I got the true ending. I fought Garman and then the moon presence by tracking down at least, I think there's four umbilical cords, but I got right. three of there them. There are four. Is there any kind of bonus if you consume four rather than no. three? No. Three extra uh, insight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where do we get those? Mikolash has one. So after you, you kill Mikolash, he's you yep. get it off his corpse. Mm-hmm. You, you ended the game with two. I, I, I guess I did. There's one in the college on the second floor, and then there's one in Ayasefka's clinic. Right, right. And then there's one in, in the, the old workshop. Stream. In right. the old hunter's workshop, yes. So I got three out of four. I don't think I got the one in the college. So you got the true ending. I did. So Garriman was probably the biggest hurdle of that whole thing. He is a fucking bitch, which we'll get back to in gameplay. But as soon as you kill him, 
you fight the moon presence. So before you get into the fight the moon presence, the cut scene between the moon presence and Garmin is almost exactly the same as the good ending. The moon presence comes down from the moon, embraces you, and then you resist the moon presence, right? And then it fights you. Versus in the good ending, you embrace the moon presence and then you wake up in a wheelchair. So that's the big difference. And there's a reason for that. I'll get into that in a second. Go ahead. Makes sense, though. I, I do understand enough that why that makes sense. But I will say, things get a little hazy. You kill the moon presence, and then there's a quick cut scene where it goes back to the hunter's dream, and you just see the doll. I don't think you ever see yourself there. You do you see do. yourself. Do? See, I, I don't remember that. Cause you're, the very, you're the squid. You're that's the, right. You're yeah. the slug. You're the old one. Now, so, please explain that to me. Okay. That- All right. I will explain it very, very simply. By eating the three umbilical cords, you become an ancient one. You've ascended just regular human right. existence to become a, a, an ancient one. You're Super Saiyan too. You get <laughs> eyes on the inside. You you achieve what Willem and Lawrence and Mikolash, all of them failed to do, which is actually ascend to a higher existence. I mean, it depends on what you think their motivations are, but... Well, I mean, Willem, straight up, he wants to become an ancient one, yes. and he thinks humanity can get there. He just doesn't know how. See, the the interesting thing between all of the different sects of the church and that whole... The whole lore is everyone has, like, a half piece or a quarter piece of what needs to happen to become this. You're the person that puts it all together, and in the true ending... You put it all together and then actually ascend. How does the reborn one fit in, or the one reborn? Oh, the fit one in reborn to that. They're, they tried to make. They tried to make one. Isn't that right? They tried to make an ancient one, and it comes out fucked up. Yeah, kind of. Basically, I mean, it did like fall out of the moon kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, it literally did. Well, that's it's like that's out. like between the use of the chime maidens and shit like that. The one reborn is literally, I believe, the rebirth of. Something that was like a failed experiment. No, I don't feel so good. It's a failed experiment <laughs> of the church of men, or the school of Mensa. So it's the failed idea of what you become in the true ending. It's just no, 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 it's no. It's it's an experiment done by humans to try right. to create an ancient one. But then, if you get the the true ending, you become an ancient one. Yes, but it's not through right experimentation. Way. It's no. through literal like eating. You ascend, it's you ascend. die, and you're, you're instead of towards. being tied to the hunter's dream, you're now tied to this ancient one. Do Papa G and Vicar Amelia tie into the big scheme of things, or are they just... No. They're, they're kind of low-level I think you just yeah, like no. saying Papa G. Everybody Papa, refers to him online. Papa Guac. <laughs> Papa Guac. Yeah. No. So Papa, uh, Father Gascoigne is basically... <laughs> Papa Guac. Papa Guac. Papa Guac. Father Gascoigne is basically just a low-level hunter that goes nuts. Okay. That, that's what Vic- I figured. And then Vicar is the same thing. She's just a low-level church member that goes nuts. It's, you know, they're... There's the low on the totem pole, more yeah. or less. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to be explored and discovered in this game. Yeah. And if you found even remotely anything that we've just rambled on about interesting, this is the game for you. Yeah. yeah Go search a- for it. I, I do find the plot very interesting. I, again, I, I can't express enough. I, I It is very elusive. I mean, okay, just I know you guys did a lot of, like, outside the game research like how much would you have actually picked up just playing through i would say i probably would have gotten 
25 to 30 percent yeah can can i say like i feel like a big point in this game and i think they were actually aiming for this is they wanted to build a community exploring this game yeah that's they've done that with all of the they've done that. that's why that's why it is so utterly important the notes that other people play Mm -hmm. and and other people leave to you it's so important it can be total trolling though (laughs) great chest ahead yeah, great chest ahead, mimic. But that's no, not in this it's, game. It's not it's in this like a game. Statue with tits. Yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah. that's I've seen that note. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, like that's we can get that's kind of starting to lean towards gameplay, yeah, which yeah. is I think yeah. where yeah, we yeah, should yeah. go. Sure. So let's say about an hour and a half. Yeah, so we we talked about story for a bit. Let's moosey yeah, moosey on. Moosey, moosey let's moosey on, on to the gameplay. Moosey on to the gameplay. Cutting that moosey. in. Gameplay. All right, guys, so let's uh, start off gameplay. Now, we do have a lot of bullet points we want to hit, but let's start with your favorite weapon, and then we're going to move into favorite boss, and then we'll branch off from there. I'll go last. So my favorite weapon, I'm going to just do a melee and a firearm just real quick. I did stick with the saw blade for like 99% of the game. The saw cleaver? Yes, the saw cleaver. I liked how quick it was. And originally when I was playing the game, I would do the longer ranged option, but I got better at getting in close and personal with my opponents where I could just slash and slash and slash. And I maxed out. Well, I didn't max. You can't max. Stamina build? Yeah, I put a bunch of points into stamina so that I could just keep going. I would probably hit 15 or 16 times without running out of stamina. That's crazy. Or I could just keep chaining and chaining and chaining attacks and just... You keep stunning them to the point where they can't react quick enough to get out of this, this uh, uh, stun lock. Stun lock, yeah. Essentially, as far as firearms go, like obviously I use the blunderbuss for parrying quite a bit, but there was a lot of satisfaction in firing that fucking cannon <laughs> and just blasting somebody. You could only do it essentially once because it would eat up twelve of your uh, silver bullets unless mm-hmm. you paid health for more. But boy, oh boy, was it! Satisfying <laughs> the cannon, the oh, cannon. Yeah, it was the cannons gross. Notable mention, though, I did use the torch quite a bit. Hunter's torch is a totally legitimate weapon in that game, mainly for the um, the werewolves because it it stops a lot of their combo attacks. Oh yeah, they like um, they don't they're not scared, but they yeah they they're they a little bit more cautious yeah. around you. It yep. gives you a little bit more window of opportunity to attack back. I pretty much always used the blunderbuss unless I was trying to like get some cheap hits in with the cannon. Cheap so, hit. <laughs> cheap hit. No, no, no. Because if you did the blood bolts, you could always uh, do two. True. So like uh, for Mikolash, I always noticed that it was like really, really good to get two hits with the cannon in on him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody had trouble with Mikolash. <sighs> God, I think his name is Ralph. I watched him through SharePlay too. Oh, oh no, oh, over and um, over. Oh, hey man, man. And I know, I know. And then I was level like sixty. That's your so own. so. Uh, Ludwig's holy sword was like my go-to. I fucking love that weapon. It was my ten plus ten weapon that I made by the end of the game. Which um, plus when you ten, go- wow. Yeah. So when you yep. jump from plus nine to plus ten. It's a huge difference, but you, but you in the fir- in the first playthrough, unless you spend sixty fucking insight to buy one of the blood stone or the 
Blood Moonstone, you only get one. Where do you get that, though? Because I actually bought mine. It's, I never... I bought mine as well. There's, uh, you, there's a it's, it's in Nightmare of Mensas. It's in Nightmare of Mensas, but it is a huge bitch. Yeah, you have to you have to go past oh. the the brain trust slash winter lanterns to get it. Yeah, so the winter lanterns are that key that you said you found. Yeah, yeah. So that opens up that area, and that area is terrifying. It's brutal. <laughs> like, so first off, it starts. You have to get to a secret path, and then you go through. So, like, you know, in Nightmare Mensis, when you just start out, and there's that that light. That shows up and you start getting hit with the fucking. Yes. Yeah, so it's pretty much you have to go past at least three enemies that as soon as they see you, that starts happening. Oh, God. It's a fucking pain in the ass. It's a nightmare. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Nice. Of I nightmare. see what that you was said going. there. But yeah, Ludwig's Holy Sword. Uh, I, I was using the axe until I got the Ludwig's Holy Sword. As soon as I got the Holy Sword, though, I was like, oh, this is this is the. This is the weapon for me. How is the axe, though? I didn't actually use that once. Uh, it's it's actually really quick. I really, really like it. And I actually saw, when I was trying to beat Garman, I saw a really awesome, like, cheesy way that you can beat Garman with the axe. If you extend it and then do the... Uh, spin to win. Yeah, the spin to win. So you can extend it and you can do the charge attack. The first attack usually miss, misses. The second attack actually stuns Garman and knocks him on his ass every fucking yeah, time. Awesome. Doesn't yeah. matter if he's quickened. Doesn't matter what it's doing. It's just like every time, just boom, boom, knocks him on his ass. And then you can hit him with a over attack. It, it's it's cheesy. But effective. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I used that quite a bit until I got to Ludwig's, and then I never went back. Pretty much followed with Harry. It was the saw cleaver and the blunderbuss. I don't think I really ever used any other firearm. I I, I definitely enjoyed some of the uh, the nice crowd control with it. Blunderbuss for me too. I guess we're pretty boring in that regard. <laughs> I um I there are a lot of weapons that I didn't use, and I if I ever do a new game plus uh, run or co op run, you know I'm gonna experiment with with those. I did pick the threaded cane to start with. I'm trying to remember why I did that. Um, then I found the, uh, what did I say? The saw the, spear. The saw spear, right. And ultimately got the rifle spear, and I stuck with that to the end of the game. And I was not even uh, plus, I think it was plus six on the oh, rifle spear. Dude, oh Jesus. man. That's brutal. That's brutal. Well, I did it. <laughs> um, you yes, did you it. did. Good, Good well, job, I, Ralph. <laughs> I had help from help from Harry. He guided me through to um to Mikolash. To Mikolash. Yeah, I fought Mikolash with a plus six rifle spear. Yeah, the plus six is fine there. It's yeah. it's um, if you would have tried to fight Garman, you would have been in trouble. Yeah. Yep. Didn't do it. And um. <laughs> yep. Didn't do it. No. Nope. <laughs> I I warned him against that too for for time's sake. I was like, don't, <coughs> don't do well, it. Well, it was like. 745 and I was like <laughs> <laughs> Look man, I got to go. Hey, I, I beat him at 820. Yeah, everyone right. was late. <laughs> I think that the the rifle spear ended up being my favorite weapon. Um the the alternate charge attack for that is like a 10-foot rush. And if you can hit with that, you can one-shot a lot of enemies. And it was I doing used it oh, when I was watching you through shareplay, you were doing serious damage to the bosses just if you it, it's all about timing i feel with that one because you're, yeah. you're leaving yourself vulnerable 
for that charge up. Ralph seemed very efficient with it though when I when I was watching. <laughs> I, I I will admit I platinum this game. So to platinum this game. La di da. Indeed. So what game plus are you on? Uh, Six. So <laughs> John, quit jerking yourself off. Four at least. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, I'm at least on new game plus four. Yeah, I might be right. on five or six. I have multiple characters too. So I've played with every weapon. I think if I had to put my... When I first played through it, I played with Bloodwigs. And then I kind of got more into the speed game in subsequent playthroughs. And I used uh, the Blades of Mercy. Blades of Mercy. I wanted to get those, but um, I couldn't whoop the crow. Yeah, the crow is really tough. She gives them to you if she dies. So you can get them like, at the end of her quest line when she's dying. She gives you her badge and you can buy them. The Blades of Mercy are awesome. They're, uh, it's a short sword that separates into two shorter swords so you kind of have like two daggers and you just like shred shit but if i had to pick one it would probably be burial blade because that weapon's just fun it's garman's weapon so it's a curved it's a curved sword you can't even get get until new game plus it's a curved sword with its alternate form being a, a gigantic scythe which is just hilarious when you're you know mopping up trash mobs in central yarnum and you're just you know wrecking fools but uh yeah and then blunderbuss is great cannon's hilarious especially if you use bone marrow ash which is oh yeah is it's a serious buff stupid dumb like you can one shot just about anything in the game if you bone marrow ash or cannon and then uh even gary no, no except, not, for bosses. except for bosses <laughs> i like the double shot pistol but you gotta manage your resources in this repeating game. pistol yeah the repeating pistol because if you burn through your bullets too fast, you're just gonna you're gonna have a bad day. So those are mine. So why don't we do the same thing that we just did? But uh, let's talk about favorite bosses. Boss. Let Let's do the double tier on this. Your favorite boss for whatever reason, if it's look or style or whatever, and then the most difficult slash hated boss. I, th- I think that'd be a good good thing to talk about. I agree. Clark, why don't you why don't you start this one off? My least favorite and the one that I struggled with, I think, the most. Honestly, was fucking Gascoigne. I had such a fucking issue trying to defeat Gascoigne. I I don't know what exactly it was. I just wasn't getting the fucking mechanics. I couldn't get the fucking parry down to save my fucking life. I struggled more with the little guys and not the giant beasts. I felt like the giant beasts were easier to manage. I think my favorite boss. Can I can I say something about Gascoigne? Sure. He's a total skill check. When you, yeah. go, mm. when you go through in New Game Plus, mm-hmm. you're going to destroy Gascoin first Probably. time you fight him. Because it's a total skill check. He's checking to see, can you parry effectively? Yeah. If you can, you beat him almost immediately. And that was a skill I didn't pick up. But, right. then, but then when you guys saw me fight Ga- fight uh, Garman, I, yeah. I visceraled Garman like five or six times in front of you guys. <sighs> Favorite boss, though. I'm, I'm going to go probably... Just based on, like, look, I thought Vicar Amelia looked incredible. Like, all the moving hair and just, like, I thought she looked really fucking cool. It wasn't necessarily, like, a tough fight because you can just kind of get behind her and fuck her up. But <laughs> I, I, I thought... <laughs> you really like that one. Yeah, wow, Harry. <laughs> you gotta get behind um, her and fuck her up. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. A little. Yeah, there wasn't that much. Of a All right, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. 
No, I I thought I thought that she was like a really she wasn't a disgusting looking boss. I thought she was just like a really like semi majestic looking character. Still, even in like a giant beast form, I, I thought she was like. I say this with quotations, but like a beautiful boss where she was like this big, elegant looking, like werewolf type Dear of lady. character. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, you know, Cleric Beast looks like it has like fucking like rot on it and shit like <laughs> that. And like everything. I mean, one unborn is like Gross. disgusting looking. And I, I also I, I feel the same way about Murgo's Wet Nurse. Like, I think that character looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, this is a little tough for me. Um, like I know that we've been making jokes about uh, Mikolash, but I mean he was he was just like a footnote. Like I-, I struggled with a lot of bosses like that. Seriously, the smaller guys are fucking harder in this game. You'd think the giant fucking beasts are are. Like, I the had toughest, trouble with Rom actually. Like... I I had I had a fair bit of trouble with Rom. Okay, so I really like the Shadow of Yarnum. I want to say that I enjoyed that mostly because I I beat them on the first go. Yeah, they're they're like not even really a boss, because you. I mean, I no, because you three fight enemies like at the same time. Yeah, but you fight them. shadows at the end of the game. Yeah, that's several true. times. Depends on your level when you get there. No, I just um, I don't know. Gassion, I did it. I did it in a couple of tries and. Gascoin. What did I say? Gassion. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a. Papa guacamole. Papa guacamole. Yeah, Papa, Papa guac. guacamole. Yeah, you can come back to me. All right, all right, all Steve. Right. What do you what do you got over there? So I'm gonna say, initial difficulty wise, probably Gascoin, only because just really trying to work down the parry. It's like I was still just struggling for a while. Definitely was. That's like your make or break for it. I think my favorite is probably just based off of like the intro is the one reborn. Just where it's just you're just see the moon come down and then just it slowly pours and drips out of just this mangled, tangled mess of darkness. However you want to put it. I mean, just the way that was it's it just shit a giant demon right in front of your face. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? That's neat. <laughs> one Reborn was actually one of the only bosses in the game that I just like first try walked up and killed. Oh, yeah, it really wasn't that hard. That was actually was pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. You just go up, kill the fucking maidens, and then go down. And just... Didn't think you could get to the maidens. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? Yeah. If you <laughs> I was right just dodging it. fireballs that entire oh, fight. No. Oh, no. I mean, and, and that's not too terrible, but the only problem is, like, the maidens, they shoot the red fireballs at you, and they shoot the purple ones at one reborn, they heal it. The first time I saw it shoot, big I was deal, like, Harry. I was we, like, didn't, we didn't even go after him. I was like, boom. Smash, smash, and then I saw it shoot a purple fireball and heal it. I was like, "Are there stairs over there?" Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, ran up, <laughs> murdered all them, and, and I was like, can, "All right, now you let's... can actually drop attack the one reborn, and it does stupid damage." Yeah, because you can jump from where the maidens are, and it'll walk over to you, and then you can just drop right onto it. It's pretty gross. If I had to say least favorite boss, I'd probably go Moon Presence. That boss is super anticlimactic. It's so much easier than Garman that after you get past Garman, you're like, oh shit, there's another guy? And then you're like, its biggest attack is it takes you to 1 HP, but then it doesn't do anything for like 30 seconds afterwards. So you just go up and wail on it. You know, like it's 
Super disappointing. Favorite boss is probably Abritus, daughter of the cosmos. She's super hard. She will totally mess your day up. What's interesting about her is she's not hostile when you don't when you go in the room. You can walk right up to her, and she she doesn't attack you because if you go into the, this is getting into the lore a little bit. But the choir wanted to commune. They didn't want to take the power from, so they communed with Abritus. So Abritus is just like chilling, like talking to him. She's not hostile when you go in the first time. Super interesting boss. Really difficult. Uses some crazy ass attacks. And I still have nightmares about, like, the charge and the head slam down. Because that thing will murder you. I don't care how much health you have, it will one-shot you. It's a fun fight. That's probably my favorite out of all the bosses in the game. Ralph, you figure your shit out? I really don't have a favorite boss, honestly. I, I want to say that on a, in terms of, a, like, a design point, like, I really like Father Gascoigne for the way that he he transforms into a beast, that you can use the music box to exploit him. I, I sort of like that that one's different. You know, it's not some big blob like the Bloodstarved Beast or or the One Reborn, you know. And, and at the same token, like, I even like Mikolash for that point that it's different. You have to chase him around. There's different levels. There's different rooms. It gets harder. I mean, they all sort of get harder as you go on. It's just the way that, that they're structured. Even though I struggled with him, like, that, I still like it from a design point. But if I had to go with one that I don't like... It's so weird, like, how they're, like, right there. Like, I, the love-hate relationship with the bosses. You know what? The witches were kind of lame. Oh, the witches are such a joke. They're really easy boss. So it's probably yeah. my least favorite was that, um, even though it was different. And for a favorite, I really don't, I can't, I can't really say. Can we talk about how good it feels to kill a boss in this oh game? Oh, my God. It's, it's so satisfying. It's, 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 like, my favorite part of any of the Soul Series games is when you yep. beat a boss after you die to it like a dozen times, and then you get him fist pumping, I'm like high fiving my wife for no reason. <laughs> it's it's a great feeling when you act when you beat Gascoin, because everybody dies to Gascoin like ten or twelve times, mm-hmm. like because you're just trying to figure him out and figure out how to beat him. When you finally do it, it's just like you get like wide eyed. You're like yeah. Born of the Blood. I think it's one of the best feelings in gaming is when you beat ga- when you beat bosses that are difficult and aren't handed to you. And I think that's like the pinnacle of it right in this game. Well, yeah, we were all fucking down here cheering when I beat fucking Garman like we all it's we we know that struggle. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's just like a it's a cool feeling. Like I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I do want to say that like it's incredibly satisfying, but the first time you fight a boss, at least for me, I found that my heart was really starting to pound while you're in there. And that doesn't happen to me a lot in gaming. Usually it's really passive. It's a passive experience. But for this, like, I mean, maybe it's I just don't play enough action games. Like, like to literally have my blood be pumping while I'm trying to whoop this boss, to me, was thrilling. Okay, so my least favorite boss. Hemwick was kind of boring but the one that really kind of drove me nuts i think was rom personally i it was just like like a sloth just sitting there on this like icy lake more or less and it just i thought that one was boring you're just basically just trying to avoid all these little spiders and slash at this pile of nothing nah you just kill the spider yeah did you kill the spiders and then attack him it makes it it makes it makes rom so much easier No, every time he. <laughs> okay, no, no, the big no, issue. No. The big issue. No, now, you can't kill him that way. Every time he teleports, 
new spawn of little spiders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and every time you kill them. You just kill the spiders. No, but while you're trying to dodge that, like, ice attack that either comes yeah. up from the ground uh, or down yes. from the sky, and you're trying to hack at these little things that are, like, surrounding you at the same... No, it's just so much easier to just... How many How many times did you die? 20 to 30. Mm. Wow, holy shit, really? So maybe I killing the spiders would have been a better... No, yeah. that's when I was trying to kill the spiders, and I read oh. a, a tactic online that said, fuck the spiders, mm. go right for him... Took me two tries after that. I read the opposite, and I, I I beat I beat Rom in like four tries. I was somewhere in between four and twenty, and <laughs> word up. <laughs> and I think I glitched him word out up. actually because I was attacking him to the point where he wasn't able to spawn more spiders, and I just finished him off. Rom is actually stun lockable, so if you have a heavy weapon like Ludwig's, if you can stun lock him, you can basically just kill him. I think he was just poorly designed. I thought he was very boring. Lazy. I thought of all the bosses in the game. I thought that he was his design was very lazy. Favorite S- boss. Now I did like quite a few of them. When I think of this game, the first boss that jumps into my head every time is the um, Blood Starved Beast. Just something about finally getting through Old Yarnum because that was a pain in the dick at yeah. the level I was at that point, and finally just showing up. And that was the first one I was able to take like an ally like an NPC ally into. I really liked it. But I got to say, as far as design goes, Murgo's Wet Nurse, hands down. I thought that was a beautiful looking boss and like that arena that you're in and it's attacks and the whole fog system and it's coming at you through like the smoky fog. I thought it was so so cool. So you know what was weird for me? And like I read the tactics for for the Wet Nurse before I fought her because I was trying to like get through. I beat Mikolash and everyone today. I read about like oh, they're you know once they're at seventy percent they're gonna go through and uh, you're gonna get the purple smoke. I killed her during the first purple smoke phase. Like she died before she spawned her clone, and I sat there for thirty seconds before it actually was like oh nightmare slain. But I was just like standing around in the purple fog. I'm like, did I do it? Did it freeze? <laughs> did, did I? Did, did I like like did I just? fucking glitch out processing. like am i not gonna get this like processing. then all of a sudden it was like boom nightmare slaying i was like cool oh it's delayed because you gotta wait for the baby to stop crying so oh is like that it, what it was it's a delayed oh, yeah. response for oh. it to say it's dead and it, it's like yeah i don't it's yeah i fought well, three of those it's uh, weird because if you know what a wet nurse is does anybody know what a wet nurse is? You mean, yeah, yeah. breastfeed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so you killed its like caretaker, and it's like source of food, and then it dies. Yeah, it's like, ugh. ooh, <laughs> oops, baby slain. <laughs> Start drinking you blood monster. instead. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Like after that boss fight, you just go into that like carriage. It's sitting there, and you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. Just stabbing wow. that baby in the head. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. First person view just for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just switches. You're like, wait a minute. Jeez. I would like to say, like, I've shared played with a bunch of you guys during the, well, two of you guys. During the, so that's like fifty percent of you guys. That's good. No, I mean, so get good is a real thing. It's funny because the first time I played with Harry versus the next time I played with Harry was ridiculous. Because you see like Okay, do I go around this corner? Like, you're really tentative. And then, like, all of a sudden, you're just, like, balls to the wall. Hit it and just go. The way you guys moved and the aggression that you guys moved with was just totally different the later I saw you guys play. And it's really interesting to see how your skill set changes 
because of the game. Like, you learn how to play it, and you actually legitimately get better. It's not like uh, you legitimately get better because you just pick up an item or you get more health, right? You're just better at the game. So I would encourage whoever did beat the game, go to at least get to Gascoigne again and see how much better you are because it's such like a bellwether moment in New Game Plus because you're just like, holy shit, this guy killed me ten times because you're going to wreck him. I mean, it's just going to be hilarious because you're going to be like, I can't believe that I died this many times to this guy. And it shows how much better you actually get at the game by playing it. It's, I think that's really interesting. Let's, uh, let's talk about graphics, guys. Graphics. Game's beautiful. I think the design is incredible in or this so. game. They nail, like, if they're going for, like, this eldritch horror tale and just nail it out of the fucking park. The game looks incredible. The design is incredible. They hit all of the notes that you're looking for, like gothic, Victorian, you know, like really in-depth, just core design. Everything from like the the minute, just like dead bodies on the different sides of the pathway that you're walking along to the, the character itself. Like, you know, I don't think there's a bad combination of clothing on your character. That doesn't look like well defined and precise, except for the Mensis cage. And uh, <laughs> even then, I'm sure there's like the Mensis cage with like with the scholar robes kind of looks okay. Like I, I really honestly think that the the game looks incredible. The boss design's amazing. That's all I have to say about the game. It looks amazing. Well, yeah, especially like the detail they put in, in the architecture and the buildings and the environment. Just that that is something that really stood out from the very beginning of the game. You're looking around. You're like, oh, holy shit. Check this out. And then you start getting in. You start seeing more of the enemies. You start seeing the bosses and just the amount of work that was put into basically everything visual in this game. It's it's mind blowing. It's it's absolutely amazing. The statues, the the in-game, in-lore art, in-universe art that's there and, and how it contributes to the story is so interesting. And the world building. I would have liked to see the mouths move when people talk, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm being a little nitpicky. A lot of the enemy designs, I think, are brilliant, but every once in a while there's a weird one like the fly guys with a million eyes they just seemed to me to be out of place most of everything i have to say graphically is good frame rate dipped here and there but that's no big deal to build on that though i i saw a couple instances where it dropped significantly on some of like the just some of the generic enemies that it looked like they are moving almost robotically and that did oh in bug. a distance. The further out they are, they're they have less they have less uh, frames of animation. Yeah, I didn't like that. That yeah. kind of took me out of the moment a couple times. Yeah, mainly in Central Yarnum is where I saw it the most. Maybe there's there was think there was get, too many because you get ten to twelve Yarnumites running at you all at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't get caught in like play testing or something like that, where they could have just yanked a couple PCs out of a certain area. But I think they wanted to give it that like feel of uh like a like a witch burning or, or like everybody gathering together for like a what, what do they they're call burning it? a beast 
they killed. Yeah, and I think they needed to have so many characters to give it that appropriate feel on the screen. But I did see it drop, and it, it really took me aback a couple times when I when I saw that. But that was that was mainly the only area. It was in Central Yarnum where I thought it was the biggest issue in the game. It's amazing how well this game stands up when you look at it now, considering that it was made in 2015. This game is pretty. And it's detailed, and the art in it has purpose, which I really enjoy. Like, the statues mean something. The amygdala statues that you find in The Nightmare Immensus. If you have enough insight, the game changes. Like, the world changes. So, I know, Clark, you did a relatively low insight run. Yes, I did. (laughs) But, But if you have more than 25 insight and you wander around Central Yarnum, the game looks different. So, like, if you look at the Cathedral Ward Church, there'll be a gigantic creature hanging from the church. And it's actually what picks you up when you pick up that armor set. It's that thing. The world actually changes because as you get more insight, you see more things, right? Is it seeing it for what it truly is, essentially? Who knows? I mean, so that's the thing. Are you just going insane? Madman's knowledge. Right. It is called Madman's knowledge, right? So, it's is it you just going crazy or... Is it real? Who knows? But the game itself is pretty. The art, the color, it's dark when it needs to be dark. It's bright when it needs to be bright. The lighting effects, the way they work with the torches. The lighting is really well done. Everything moves naturally except for dudes that get caught on your ankle. and get Ragdoll physics. I love that. Ragdolled around. I really like that. But, you know, other than that, it's just, it's a pretty game. It's just, I I love the art direction. I like this game a little just i like it it's good i had a physics ragdoll like smorgasbord in <laughs> what's the village before the woods there's like a half a windmill anyway i know the, what you're talking there's about. like half a spiral staircase this has yeah. been real quick sorry half a spiral staircase and um there's two of the big honking dudes with the axes they're not the not the things that look like frankenstein's monster they, they the look others. like executioners the executioners, executioners right yeah. so there were two of those and i lured them inside and killed them and then there's like a slew of dogs further down and I lured all them into and it was just like this like they were all like all over each other like it was just like ridiculous <laughs> with because the ragdolls were just everywhere yeah. all over the Ralph's place Ralph's bloodborne gangbang <laughs> basically yeah. uh, alright so I have a couple bullet points I want to touch on here one of my biggest gripes was that frame rate on some of the characters when there's too many in the area I think we did mention that so I won't get into that again I like the level design And what I mean by that is, essentially, you're trying to get from A to B. A being your starting point, B being the boss of the level. But in between, you have to get through this whole level, but at the very end, you open a shortcut so that you can get from A to B a lot quicker. And the way they design the levels, it's like you can see where that cut through is going to be, but you have to get all the way around the area to open that door from the other side. Which sucks. It's a shame you can't just get a lockpick. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it makes sense so that you see the entire environment before getting to that boss, but then not forcing you to keep doing that whole thing if you die at that boss. I, I, I like that part of the level design. That's what I expected when I was early game. Like I thought part of the reason the game was so hard was because you had to start at the beginning and get all the way there. Sort of like Shovel Knight without the save points. Like, you had to do the whole thing in one go. And that's why these games were so difficult and frustrating. I didn't realize, I realized pretty quickly, that there are shortcuts like that. And 
I do like that mechanic. And also to sort of go off what you're saying is like if you look in the horizon, you can see the other areas of the game that you have to get to. And the architecture, it all stays, or not the architecture, the geography is all connected and, and you can see it coming. Also, I wanted to point out, I like the cutscenes a lot in this game. I thought they were very well done. They, they all looked like totally legit. I guess that also ties into my gripe as well. I wanted to see more of that and more on-the-surface story. I wish they didn't bury the story. In, like When you see a cutscene, it could mean absolutely nothing to you because there's if you don't pick up the right clues or anything, it has no... Um, no, you have no context. Exactly. You have no context for some of these, these cutscenes. They mean absolutely nothing to you. I mean, they look beautiful, but do they really have any impact on your, your current playthrough without the, the correct knowledge? So I wish they there would have been more dialogue or maybe more cutscenes or meaningful cutscenes uh, without having to find some of that elusive uh, information we were talking about earlier. Now, there was one spot Right before Murgo's Wet Nurse, there's like a little loop you can do where I was actually doing a little bit of leveling towards the end of the game. You drop down this one area and you walk across this ledge, but when you turn the corner, boom, the moon is right in front of you. Oh, the, the like the sewer way almost where it's almost. like water? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's fucking awesome. It's just, it's like 90% of your TV screen yeah. is just the fucking moon and it looked absolutely gorgeous. So just there's moments like that that you kind of catch you off guard. I wouldn't have known that was coming unless I went down that one pathway. But again, that, that kind of ties into like the the beauty behind this game. I like that they went with this Victorian theme. Thought it was very fitting. And and I forget who I was talking to, but the way I describe this game is it feels like Van Helsing. I remember and, you saying that. And just hopefully when I when I mention that, it kind of gives you like what what this game kind of feels like. If I had to put an analogy together dark souls is to legend of zelda as bloodborne is to castlevania level, every, yeah every level, level design is brilliant the, is the boss design none of them look like a copy and paste or re repalatization like they all look distinctly different i like that about the game let's uh let's start talking about music guys music so i gotta say the the music is awesome I really can't say more of that. But you were, I think you were saying earlier, Harry, there was, it was like a 30 person choir they used for it. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like that. in like a full orchestra, which you can really tell the, uh, the, the detail and the depth that they put in for the music. But I, I say spot on. I think they really nailed it. I was impressed. They used the right instruments. I want to say for the right, right sections. Like it's funny how like just like a single violin. Musical. No, I mean like. Want to hear that saxophone solo yeah. during uh, Murgo's <laughs> Wet Nurse? <laughs> As you're being sliced up by six blades. <laughs> oh boy, a six blade uppercut. <laughs> I guess I asked for this. Yes, you did. Epic sax guy. Fuck off, Ralph. Sorry, I guess it's a young person's thing. Hey, happy birthday, motherfucker. Hey, happy birthday. It is officially your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, motherfucker. Hope you enjoy spending the first two hours of it. 
Yeah, right. Talking about a game. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. It's my Hard birthday, eyes, motherfucker. motherfucker. French fries, motherfucker. I think the sound direction in this game is actually really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't let me finish my point. Just, just. You know, oh, I thought you were done because you trailed sorry. off. You know and what? Stopped Fine. Talking. Sorry, I'm done. Music minute. I think the sound direction is really good. I think the like the sound effects for the weapons and the that fucking sound of slicing through flesh every time you hit is awesome. Like that. That it's it's like very like just visceral. Yeah, it's very visceral. <laughs> I like the sound effects when you change modes in your weapon. Like, like when the, you, like, yeah, like, like when yeah. you, very satisfying when you do all that. It's so yep. satisfying to hear. I also like the voice work they did and how it changes. So, like, the Yarnamites, you know, they start out with, like, oh, I'll kill you, you beast. Or, like, you play me in rat. Yep. Away, away. Yeah, away. And they get more and more and like despondent, more and more, and, like, like as the cryptic. Moon, when the blood moon comes out, they're just like, Aah! like they just totally go nuts. <laughs> they were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> no, the sound design I think is really good. The it's directional when it needs to be, and the boss musics change. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. You get like halfway through a boss, and it like goes into kind of its like second phase. The musical change. And it'll get like more intense. They'll add more, you know, horns or like people will start to sing or, you know, it gets crazy or the tempo picks up. Like that's yep. a little touch that makes the boss fight as you get closer to the end more intense. It was a subtle way to get you making it more intense for you and you don't even realize it more or less. So you're getting towards the end of that boss fight. You know, you're coming down to the wire. You're starting to run out of your blood potions. He's starting to run out of health. Boom, they kick up the music, and for some reason, your heart is racing more now, and you don't know why. I mean, it's part partly the intensity of the battle, but they just fucking ninja your mind with that music as well to just make it that much more intense. Your hands are getting more sweaty. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's this whole effect that just makes you feel like that boss was epic when, when you finally defeat it. Can we and, talk about how sweaty your hands are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because it's not just during bosses. <laughs> It's all the time. Nah, it's not oh. that bad. So the one thing I could have done without in this game, the people inside the houses with the lanterns, you knock on this window or a door or something like that, and they start talking. I could have done without that. It was just like weird interactions where maybe somebody should have just stepped out of the house and talked or something like that. There's just, lore there, though. I understand, but I, it's, I could have done without it, personally. They're all locked away from the beasts. I know, but just cut that completely out of the game. Like, I... I didn't need it at all. The voice work for those so segments, was a, I really felt was was like flat. Like, yeah, the, the 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 voice acting is good in the game, but for those bits where it's just like I'm looking at a a window that's lit and it's like, oh, I can smell blood on you. You must be a hunter. That's actually pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, like that. I, like that f- Took me right in the moment. The central yarn I'm lantern, that guy right there, that's that's that fucking guy. No, that guy that guy's like <coughs> <coughs> Yeah, he's sick. Oh, my blood's dog. gone bad. <coughs> Whatever. Yeah, but I, I didn't think I don't know, I it didn't it didn't work for me. As far I know we were talking about music earlier. There's a lot of points in this game, but there's no music whatsoever. It's just you and the battle sound effects. I think they could have put something like ambience or so, something. Is like background music, or could have put ambiance in there. Yeah, too. exactly. Uh, could have put an ambulance in there. <laughs> Amberlance. <laughs> Amberlance. <laughs> I need an ambulance. 
Oh, Black Friday. Ambulance. Oh, Black <laughs> Ambulance. What else? What else you got, Harry? <laughs> no, nah, that, that was my, my big things. That a lot of the music was really good. I, I will say that. Especially like the boss boss battles. No, th- those other two things. Meh. Loved Hail the Nightmare. If you're if you're listening and Ooh. you want to get a sample of the music, YouTube it. Hail the Nightmare. Bloodborne OST. The audio during the fight with Mikolash, his voiceover. Oh, okay. Like, it was good. It was really good. I, it was so creepy, but like, like, you, you heard it about a dozen times. No, today, I do right? know that. That <laughs> was that was kind of annoying. But the way he was like, "Do for me what you did for Ram," or something. I forget the exact wording he used, but it sounded so fucking sinister. A hunter is a hunter, even outside of the dream. Oh yeah, yeah. He did say like that when you when you knock him down to phase two. Something like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was different, like, phrases he would repeat over and over depending on what phase you were in. But the way, the, whoever they got to voice act that was fucking phenomenal. I thought they, they nailed that that portion of the game. All my blood was in my heart pumping. I didn't have any in my ears when I was fighting him, so. It was all in his heart and penis. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Why somebody beat me to the dick joke? <laughs> Surprised it took that long. Everybody's favorite moment. Let's move on into final thoughts. Final thoughts. All right, I'll start off with final thought. You got it. As frustrating and frustrating and fucking frustrating as this game was, I really did like it. I started cursing your name uh, very early on in in the game, John. I believe was what you were going for, and you succeeded. Partially. But it really was probably one of the better games I've played in a long time because... Not many games really challenge you like that. And those are so far and few between, and I really liked it. I did. I mean, I don't think I can really say any more than that. It was a fucking nightmare, and I didn't want to wake up for a while. John, is this game a skill check? Everything is a skill check. Life is a skill check. (laughs) I'm just sitting here thinking, is he trying to see how good we are? No, I mean, it's not a game that everybody would be able to beat. I don't want to repeat the things that Steve was saying. Um, but so don't. I am glad. <laughs> I am glad this game came came to our to our table, so to speak, that you brought this to us. I do want to say that we forgot to mention the notes, and we talked a little bit about community, but the way that you can you can leave a note and you have a limited limited word choices and how people can get creative with that and how. Probably, like, the day this game came out, those notes were so important. Like, it's still important now, but, like, to, to understand where to go and if you need help like that, the way that those are there and the way that you can get yours rated poorly as a foul note or as a fine note um, and how the fine notes... In- Does it increase your health or just, re- um, just refresh it? Both actually increase your health. Both increase if your health? If you're playing when your note gets rated, it increase your health. Permanently? Anyway. Like No, 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 just... Like, you'll get, like, a health boost. Oh. oh, I thought it was permanent. Okay, cool. No, it's not permanent. That'd be crazy it if would it was be. permanent. Well, some actually, of those... It's actually a thing, like, there's, like, dual clubs where, like, people play PvP against each other, and if you get your note rated in the middle of a PvP duel, you have to reset. Oh, man. Because you get a bunch of extra health over the other guy. You're not supposed to heal. Some of those on my server were rated, like, 400 times. Like, someone put a, a really good note. I got a couple um, ups and downs. Yeah, briefly, th- a great mechanic. I guess that's all of Souls or all from software games have that kind of thing in. Yeah, 
Um, we also didn't talk about the gestures, which you can have a lot of fun with. Who are you communicating with, though? I usually did the gestures completely unintentionally because I like shake my controller and then it's like. <laughs> I didn't. I still don't even know how you do them. Oh, did anyone fight anybody? Did anyone get invaded? It's funny, actually, you mentioned that because oh, I yeah. was trying to help raise up Ralph a couple levels earlier tonight, and then on New Game Plus, the fucking sinister women are everywhere. I didn't know that. Like, for, like right in Central Yarnum, and I was like, fuck, Ralph, we're going to get fucking pooned by this guy. And this guy, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, <laughs> pooned. This, this dude runs up the road, like, at us, and I was like, fuck. We're, we're, we're like, so, we, be, between me and Ralph, we hit him, like, twice and just fucking dropped this guy. <laughs> like, I was embarrassed for this <laughs> this other player. It was like, oh, he entered. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. There was actually a point in the game. This was when I was trying to go through Nightmare of uh, Mensis. Three characters, back to back to back, right at me. And I dropped all three of them. Yeah, so that's the not the required Nightmare of Mensis. That's the other part. The invasions in there are freaking crazy. Like, you could just constantly get invaded. I only got invaded one time, and it was actually really funny. I don't know if it was a glitch or something, but, like, there was, like, a pig, and I was, like, running up to the pig, and it was in Nightmare of Mensis, like, right before you go to fight Murgo. I, like, hit the pig, and I, it, like, it, it came up, and I, I was like, all right, I'll just deal with him whenever, or I'll try to get, like, pig aggro going around, so it'll make an interesting, <laughs> a, 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 interesting like, duel so i go and i'm like about to visceral the pig and the guy comes cutting through the fucking pig <laughs> and then just like as i'm about to visceral punch he just steps right into a fucking visceral and i just fucking murdered him Did that i was like that work what like the that? fuck wow yeah it got him wow. with the animation i don't know it, yeah i just crazy. got him with the fucking animation like and, and the game's all about the fucking animation so like all the damage is probably dealt from the fucking knuckle like Speaking of viscerals, one more final thought for me. Uh, I did think that eventually we were going to get to the point where we become like a beast, like become like a, a werewolf, or there was going to be an option for that, and, and there wasn't as far you as I transform. know. You can transform. There's pellets, right? The pellets. Yeah. But, they but you really don't physically tr transform. Yeah, it just gives you like almost like a mist around you, but yeah. that was really all it did. Yeah, that increases your attack too. Lowers your defense and increases your attack, and they stack. Yeah, I didn't use so those. if you start killing stuff and you take bleach blood pellets and you just keep killing stuff, they just you can start doing crazy damage, but you get like one hit killed. KO. <laughs> KO. <laughs> All right, so my my final thoughts. Now that we mentioned like the whole sinister bell thing, like I think I encountered about ten opponents, and I didn't lose once. But I'm like I'm concerned. Like, <laughs> yeah, woo. How is that? Jerk How many dicks do you have? Like, is it all randomized? Like, who gets yeah. inserted, or is it based off of your level, or, or like, I don't know. It's based what off of out. who's in your area. It should be based off your level range plus who's in your who's in your area. Yeah, but the, le the level the level range can be twenty. After level fifty, it can be off by twenty. So you could be level seventy fighting a fifty. They do that out of fairness so that level seventies aren't picking on like level 50s consistently yep. so like you could be like a level 70 and be like oh i'm just gonna go fuck with a bunch of level 50s because that would be the actual bracket but no you could be a level 70 zone into someone that's a 90 and just get fucked i don't know i didn't try to fuck with anybody else's game i thought that's like a dick move but it is fucking there's trolls awesome. out there dark souls 3 has some really interesting yeah. mechanics involving yeah. 
It's a weird mechanic to add to the game, but there's there's like whole well, there's a, there's tiers a, of yeah. gear and shit that you can get in Dark Souls Three that yeah. is specifically about invading other people's shit. It's a unique mechanic. It is it's a single player game. It totally is. But there are mandatory multiplayer sections. So I imagine you. No, don't... you can you can silence you can you can. There's items you can play offline. Oh, that's true. You can play, but but that's a diminished experience. You don't yep. get all the notes, then I guess. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I like most of what this game has to offer. My my biggest gripe, like, just talking about everything, I wish there was a more concrete, on-the-surface storyline that even a moderate playthrough, you could enjoy some form of story. I, I, I get it. Like, I like that's awesome that they put all this, like, cryptic information in there, that, but that should have been, like, secondary to, like, a main plot line that everybody can enjoy. Like I said, like, I like everything about this game and it's just like I feel like there's this little bit of a void just missing from my experience in this game not having known the whole story because like I was ready to just absorb everything this game has to offer and it just I, I was just missing yeah, that part of the game for me definitely look up those videos I think the game's great I, I agree with Harry a little bit about I wish some more of the story stuff was a little on the surface. All in all, though, for what you can just look at this game as being like a boss rush type of mode, it's incredible. And I think that the added layer of this cryptic story that is there... One thing I can actually appreciate about the fact that the story is below the surface is the fact that you don't have to sit through many very long cutscenes if you want to play the game for just the gameplay. And the gameplay is incredible. And I really think that having this lore behind all of it that is there for you to explore and you really need to just like give yourself into it and dive into it, I think that's awesome. A lot of these games now are like, Oh, here's a 10-minute cutscene. Well, like, what if I don't want to fucking sit through a 10-minute cutscene? What if I just want to play the fucking game? Like, but it's there and it's rich if you look for it. But it's not forced upon you, and that's what I like about it. And I think that's like some of the strengths of it, actually. Go ahead, John. This is one of my favorite games. Yeah, we know. I know because you've been talking about this game for games. years. It's and I wanted you guys to play it because it is one of my favorite games. It's probably top five. It's. Incredibly well designed. It's incredibly well built. It's unique. Nothing else plays like a Souls game or Bloodborne, and nothing else plays like Bloodborne. Art design is insane. The music's great. Bosses are all unique. There's really not much you can say about it. It's one of my favorite games. Fair enough. All right, guys. Let's talk about our scores. The score. <laughs> <laughs> is that how that sound goes? That, that, sure. That's our new sound effect. <laughs> 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 the score. The score. Sounded just like his sister. <laughs> I know. Dead on. The, the score. score. The score. <laughs> the score. <laughs> Four blood farts. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, Steve, you want to start off with your score? Yeah. Uh, score. Man, where the hell am I going to put this? F I minus, minus, minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as unofficial score F for fuck, 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 which is basically the majority of what I was saying. Official score, I'm going to have to give this an A. 
surprised I enjoyed this game with as much frustration as what was there. Ralph, what's your score? 90. Clark? One visceral attack out of completing the fucking game. <laughs> no, that's fair <laughs> enough. Fuck you guys. Garahim's asshole. No. I like the blood farts no. back. Four blood farts out of one stained pair of underwear. That makes it sound terrible. I said his name wrong this whole yeah, episode, didn't I? Gascoigne. No, not Gascoigne. The Garman. 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 What were you calling him? Garahim. Garahim. I think that's Garahim. I think that's the Hello, villain. Garahim. I think that's the villain in Skyward Sword. Actually. It's cool. He never saw his health bar come up anyway, so it doesn't really. Matter. I did. <laughs> you, you, you you're not trolling me by saying that. I, I know. You got one of the three endings. You yeah. Got an ending. The that's easy good. one. So if I was to grade this game only a few hours in. It would have been fucking rough. But I gained a lot of insight for this game. <laughs> Shut up, Mimsy. I, I can honestly give this game a strong 9.0 out of 10. What wow. is that tied with? That ties with The Last of Us. Wow. 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 Hey, wow. in this game, you can choose your own ending. It's true, you can. Wow. <laughs> it's true. Let's talk about the And it's a better game us. for it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, John, what you got? 10 out of 10. Yes. 100%. Best game. It's the best game. <laughs> it's the best. Best game of this generation? I think it's the best game of 2015. By a lot. What else came out in 2015? Nothing that mattered. Did Phantom Pain come out in 2014? 15? Or 2015? I think so. Best game of 2015. I'm not saying that's better. So. Your motherfucking mouth. I think that's going to wrap up our review. I think we've done a very in-depth analysis of the game. We got deep. Again, I want to thank John Evelyn for coming on the show. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. So, Did you know that John Travolta takes blood infusions to stay young? He does. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Peter (laughs) Thiel. I believe that. I would believe that. (laughs) Peter Thiel actually does that. I read that Bloodborne is just an analogy for Scientology. I'm pretty sure it is. Pretty sure it is with the volcanoes and everything. Praise be to Hubbard. Well, <laughs> we're on their list now. Yep. That's it. That's the end of that one. All right, guys. So before we wrap up the episode, we are taking down our poll this evening. Our winner, and the next game we'll be reviewing, is Disney's The Lion King. No! Yeah! All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So am I. You're Great. welcome. Not yet, you're not. Is I, that is that two polls I got? Every poll. You've won every poll. You're the poll troll. I think that's four. Point All right, are we done, guys? We done? Clark's <laughs> disassembling. Yeah, Clark it's t- like 2.30 <laughs> in the fucking morning. Yes, so let's do a well, proper sign-off before you start pulling shit apart. And that's coming from the guy who was asleep six minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you would have gotten that, wouldn't have gotten that catnap, you probably would have, uh, probably would have been taking stuff apart. Were you dreaming? Good hunter. So if there's anything to be gained from tonight, it's get good. Game over. Game over. Game over. Game over. Game over. Thanks for listening to Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Stay up to date on our Facebook at facebook.com slash superfunpodcast.